All right, so last week on our little TV journey, where we just go through the, the random history of TV. So last week it was, it was uh, The Simpsons, which I kind of described as like it was the show I watched when I was a kid. And then for you, it was just sort of the show that was on in the background. And then later on, you know, you've caught up to it and watched more Simpsons. So this week I thought we'd do kind of the inverse. The show you watched when I was a kid that in my memory is always just the show that was on in the background, which is All Creatures Great and Small. Like, I just remember it always seeming to be on all the time. And I was a kid, so obviously it just didn't, you know, <laughs> the the dream. Yeah, because it was only on once, Sunday nights, 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah? Public broadcast station. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it probably wasn't. It's not like how I would watch The Simpsons three times a day, obviously, but it was on often enough, or it was just discussed or talked about or whatever. It was in the air. It was just one of those shows that, you know, later, now that I'm uh, a grown-up, it's like, I'm, it's like, I wonder what that show was like, because obviously I wouldn't have liked it when I was <laughs> eight years old. But now I'm, I'm more curious. I'm like, hey, I mean, that's what we're doing anyway. We're just watching old TV shows. So uh, it's the perfect time to fill in these so gaps. you didn't like it when you were eight years old. I just never watched it. Oh, like, it's, Okay, I mean, you should have liked it when you were eight years old. I don't think so. I mean, why would I find an hour-long BBC drama interesting when I was eight years old? I can't imagine one. Well, you watch it this time, and then we'll, we'll see. Right, but I mean, it's just, it's just the style of show. Like, I wanted to watch cartoons. Why in God's name? You know, nothing against the show. It's like Upstairs, Downstairs, or Rumpole. Of course I'm not going to like these shows when I'm a tiny child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I should have? Yes, I'm saying you should have. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll let you pass judgment on them now. But when you watch it, I want you to think back. After you see it, I want you to think back that if you had been eight years old watching it, what what would you have thought about it? Well, I can already tell you what I would have thought about know. it. <laughs> is that no well I mean this is just weird this is not not where I expected this conversation to go I mean did what how old were you when you got TV I guess did you did you have this experience of well when I got TV we I was about five or six years old and we were very limited as to what we could watch because we only had one channel so we watched all kinds of stuff that would have no interest to children nowadays so I mean maybe that's maybe Tommy that's Hunter the difference show Wayne and Schuster uh, front page challenge uh yeah, you just kind of had to watch what there was because there wasn't anything else. Right. So, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's where the disconnect is happening because, uh, I mean, you got to remember we're talking the 80s here. We're talking Transformers mm -hmm. and He-Man. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm watching these, like, that's like the punishment for a kid. No. Sit down and watch this show. Like, well, there's no watch reason. Watch it and then pass judgment. Well, yeah, obviously. Okay. That's why, like, <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I, of course I'm going to like it now as an adult, but I just think that's a, a weird take that you think a kid would ever want to watch any hour-long drama like no okay. <laughs> like maybe in your days with bonanza or shit i don't know but like yeah like i want to watch shows where where robots transform into vehicles like do you see what i'm saying yeah like, i i, I get you what yeah, possible enjoyment would i get from sitting through the life of a veterinarian from 1937 <laughs> you know, I don't think that I just don't think that that's not a weird thing to say of course I didn't like it when I was eight years old of course okay all right I mean I'm, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this it's just that it's not now I, I also told you there's a new version that that is being made now two two years ago three years ago right they did a remake of it and I really didn't think they could do uh, do it justice but they have they they have really done it justice and the new the new version actually has a lot more depth to it 
than the original one, which is basically the stories of uh, the veterinary stories of being on the Dales in England, uh, James Harriet's uh, life as a, as a veterinarian pre-World War II. Uh, but the new version, uh, they've done they've done a really really excellent job of of developing characters and giving them more depth than what the original series does. Cool. Yeah. And again, I just have no frame of reference because again, let's just to go back to that for a second. Like maybe it's that back when because you know when you had TV, it was brand new. Maybe it was just that the very fact that you're watching TV would make. Like anything you're watching is exciting because you get to watch TV. True like maybe enough. that's the difference. True I- enough. Oh yeah, true enough. And for sure, we started off with one channel, CBC, and then eventually that morphed into CTV, ATV, CTV, whatever. The right. two channels, and then basically, by the time I was a teenager, you know, there were many more coming along. Especially since once we moved to Campobello. And we could watch uh, American channels, pick them up. But yeah, for sure, yeah, there, there was that was all there was to watch. So you watched whatever was on there. So we got quite a quite a wide range of adult shows that we watched, as opposed to just kid shows. Right. Whereas, like I'd say nowadays, obviously it's just this, you know, crazy miasma of stuff. You can watch anything, anytime. Sure. So. And if you don't want to watch it, you don't even have to get off your couch. You just lay there and click your button. Right. So when I was a kid in the 80s, like it was the middle ground of like, you know, you still just had to watch what was on TV, but there were enough options that, yeah, like I'm never going to choose to watch an hour long drama as an eight, I think eight years old, you know, like little, no attention span, no interest <laughs> <laughs> in things that are slow. There must have been things that you've watched in the 80s that were an hour long. Hell no. I mean, like what I always think of is uh, the the most brutal time of the week was really early Saturday morning because before the cartoon started, which I mean, we watched some of that stuff, not even just cartoons, but like hilarious House of Frightenstein, you know, same dumb crap. Uh, you can't do that on television, even Friendly Giant, like it's just kind of, it's a short show. Everything was short and quick, and even even educational stuff like uh, Sesame Street, it's little segments. There's no one had the attention span to watch an hour-long show, not, not a single kid of the 80s. So before the cartoon started on Saturday morning, the only thing on was 100 Huntley Street. And it was just, it felt like a million years waiting for that show to end. So in my mind, again, I'm talking as a kid, obviously I know this is not the case now. In my mind, 100 Huntley Street and All Creatures Great and Small are the same thing. They're a grown-up show. They're boring. I don't want to watch it. I'm well, waiting for the cartoon. If, if 100 Huntley Street had been on when I was a kid, I couldn't have, I couldn't have bore that either. Right. <laughs> but that's a little different than a drama like All Creatures Great and Small. Yeah, but it's but to me it's not. <laughs> it okay, wasn't. Okay. I mean, there were options at that point. There were enough options. There was definitely like these are the shows for kids. So any show that was not coded in that way of like this is for a kid is not for a kid. Is a grown-up show and okay. it's just automatically boring. So yeah, that's maybe that's just a difference in in generations or whatever, but yeah, no there's not a single I can't think of a single show that I used to watch as a kid that was an hour long and most of them weren't live action and like like basically i can't imagine a show i would be less inclined to watch than all creatures great and small and just you know that's why i'm curious about it now because like that would have been punishment 
Like, you've been bad. Now you have to sit here and watch this. <laughs> okay. All right. I never suspected that. Yeah, and it's nothing against this show. It could have been any show. Name any of those shows from back then, especially British dramas. Like, I can't. I probably didn't even understand what anyone was talking about. But anyway, the only... The, uh, the main memory I have of All Creatures Great and Small... It would have been funny to find this episode, but it's such a specific moment that there's, I don't know how I would ever find it, because this ran for a long time. Let me just bring that up. So yeah, as you mentioned, uh, it was uh, based on the books of British veterinary surgeon James Harriet. That was his pen name. But uh, over the decades, the series of books sold over 60 million copies. Then the television version aired over seven series for 90 episodes from 1978 to 1990. I didn't know it went that long. There was a, a gap in the middle, but, but yeah, it's a lot. And uh, I always just remember this one episode what, that I did happen to see a bit of where he was hung over, I believe, and then the next day he's going to go, you know, to some rural farm to go do veterinary stuff, and the farmer offers him some breakfast, and they just show, like, oh, this, back. Yeah. Yeah, this, like, yeah. uncooked, super fatty bacon. Uh, bacon. Fat, fat bacon. And, like, yeah, brown beans and stuff. Yeah. And it just, like, the camera shows it, and he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the only scene I yeah, remember. Yeah, and he's got to eat it because he's got to be polite uh, because he's an outsider. And if he if he turns up his nose at it, uh, I'll talk will be all around the countryside about this knot of a vet. So he feels he has to eat this stuff, and he does. He stomachs it. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was quite gross looking at that fat bat because all it was was a great big chunk of fat with a tiny little sliver of meat on it. And as I understand it too, like that's kind of the the premise, right? At least early on, is like he's so kind of rural and dealing with these farmer types that even just the fact that he went to veterinary school, like oh, fancy pants, fucking look at this. See, guy. He's not from there. He's from Scotland, right? And he's come to this is the middle section of England, and of course there's this attitude of you know he's not one of them. He's this outsider who comes in, and it takes him years to get acceptance from these people. Some of them would take to him right off, but there's a whole lot of them who feel that he doesn't know anything. He's just one of this this young duffer from out of town who's showing his stuff and like he knows stuff and he doesn't know anything. And and some of the some of the people that he meets are really really rotten because <laughs> they you know they they they've been farming for years and years and years and they know their stuff and they're not going to listen to him and they don't want to pay either. They want to get everything free. Right. So. Um, anyway, I, I think you'll enjoy it as an adult. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I've got the first episode of the original series. And then, yeah, as you were mentioning, there's a remake that premiered in 2020. Uh, so I do have the first episode of that as well. So we'll see how we feel. I don't know if we're going to watch both. We could watch both if we're in the mood or we could split it up or just watch one, whatever. But I've got them both. So so we'll see. We could compare and contrast. And again, yeah, like it would have been neat to find that one episode that we both obviously remember. But who knows what episode that was. So just just went with the first one. Uh, the other thing, though, that I noticed, but this is where I feel like I'm kind of starting to uh, feel the lay of the land a bit just doing this podcast, is before the series debuted in 1978, they actually made a film with a different actor playing James Harriet in 1975. So my first inclination was, oh, maybe I should try to track that down. But it is hard to find, and based on... Uh, Man, what was the the movie that the Waltons was based on? Had uh, 
But anyway, that that weird movie that they made before the Walton show that was all oh, bad. Oh, oh, that that movie that was set in, in like Colorado the, or yeah, whatever. In yeah, in the end, the West. Uh, and in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> it just totally fucked it up. The Spencer's Mountain. Spencer's Mountain, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, it's like that. It seemed like the natural thing to do. Like, oh, let's watch the prototype. But then it was kind of a waste of time because it was really bad. I was really getting that feeling with this, too, where they made this movie in 1975, but I don't think it's coincidence that no one talks about it and that the show is this classic that everybody remembers. Nobody remembers this movie because it was uh, actually kind of half made for TV. Like, it was half paid for by an American network. So in America, they just played it on TV. And in other regions, they did release it theatrically. But it's essentially a TV movie. And... They made that movie in 75 and a sequel movie in 76. And what was the name? Did it have the same name? Uh, the first, the movie was called All Creatures Great and Small, and the second movie was called It Shouldn't Happen to a Vet or something. It was just one of the names okay. of okay. the books. Can't say I didn't, definitely didn't see them. Yeah, so I think let's just, uh, let's just skip those because cause I just, based on the example of what happened when we tried to watch Spencer's Mountain, I just think the exact same thing is going to happen. This is going to be a kind of half-assed, Again, not even fully theatrical. It's basically a TV movie. It got the ball rolling so that they made the series. But I can just, I can like foresee the future that we'll sit through this thing and be like, why did we bother? We should have just, <laughs> like, like it seems like that's the case with TV history. Like the fact that no one even knows these movies came out is probably not coincidence. The same way with Spencer's Mountain. No one talks about it. They only talk about the Waltons. Like, History has decided which ones are the classics and which ones are not. And along those lines, they also did a series in 2011 about young James Harriet. It was a three-part miniseries about his time in veterinary school. So I was like, hmm, what is this? But then I looked it up. All of the critical reviews were like, no, you didn't uh, didn't live up to the old, the old one. I don't know why you even bothered. So, <laughs> so again, it's like, that's the reason no one knows about that one and no one talks about that one. But they do talk about the 2020 remake because that's the good one. So, uh, yeah, and also I thought it was interesting just that it, I had no idea it was set so far back in, like, the 30s. Like, because, uh, again, I've never been to England and I've never actually been to these, like, you know, rural areas. But, but the sense I get of them is, like, they kind of haven't changed in 100 years. <laughs> you know, like, it's hard to tell what time period any of this stuff is happening because it is kind of just this ageless thing of or like that guy we've been watching uh, sometimes on youtube uh liam he does the like the walking across wales and walking mm-hmm. across from one ocean to the other in england and yes yeah, just these these fields with sheep and these like low rock walls that were made hundreds of years ago and these cairns and stuff and it's like yeah england just you know just yeah there's certain parts of it that seem unchanged and you see that in the new series of all creatures great and small which was only done just a couple of years ago and it's still being made the scenery in that is very it's, it's exactly like the scenery that would have been done 40 years before identical same rolling hills same well not the same sheep but <laughs> essentially yeah variations of the same sheep probably family of the same sheep uh, farms and things like they they didn't uh, recreate make uh, on a set those things they went out into the fields and out and out on farms and uh, filmed and uh, it's very yeah it looks the same cool so yeah we got the first episode of uh, of each of the old series and the new series <laughs> so yeah 
if you kids are good and you eat all your vegetables, you get to sit down and watch all creatures great and small. Yay! <laughs> but that's certainly yeah, a thing that I'm sure was uh, far different in uh, our two eras. I mean, like, even when you just think about shows like He-Man, like, what a fantastically dumb show as an adult when you look back. You're like, it's called He-Man. What could be stupider? And it's this guy with a sword who turns into a big muscle man and, like, couldn't be dumber. But, yeah, that type of thing, it, like, uh, it just, like, scrubbed our little 80s brains where we're, like, <laughs> when we could be watching this, it, it just eradicates all ability to mm -hmm. sit still and pay attention well, to something. Well, I'll tell you, if... if all Creatures Great and Small had been on television when I was eight years old, I would have loved it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, too, just a lot of this type of stuff, even just stuff like the Waltons, like, there's no way I would have watched the Waltons. Kidding? Boring. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just, I mean, the 80s was kind of, in a way, the most egregious time, because those shows were pretty literally just made to sell toys and uh, yeah, sure breakfast cereals and stuff. I mean, when you consider that uh, when I was nine years old, I was watching Perry Mason. I right. loved Perry Mason when I was nine years old. I was going to be a lawyer because of Perry Mason. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And it was an hour long. Definitely. Yeah, none of that, none of that for, for my generation. <laughs> I'm glad we grew up to be relatively, uh, you know, responsible citizens. And I was watching Bonanza and Paladin and, um, yeah, all those dramas that were an hour long yeah even uh, i mean it was so bad in the 80s like they they passed laws like you can't make shows like that anymore that are just i mean like the transformers and he-man are quite literally just like like a kid playing with his action figures except animated like here's all the every character is a toy you can buy like that line between and then they would put commercials in the show which is already a commercial like it's quite uh quite gross when you look back at it but yeah that's to me that was the baseline the most bored i'm willing to be is like the smurfs because it's kind of got that weird sort of european feeling you know it's like yeah this is a little weird but i'm willing to watch it yeah <laughs> that's that's as far down as it could go anyway all right all creatures great and small Speaking of that, though, we should watch The Smurfs at some point. That was a weird show when you think right. back yeah. to it. Yeah, The Smurfs was a little bizarre. Yeah, I wonder if that is like, you know, that must be the new version of Masterpiece Theater, right? Masterpiece? Yeah. Because that was a PBS thing too, right? Yeah. Back in the day. So yeah, basically as I was watching those, I was thinking, first off, I guess just to wrap up the thing about being a, a wee child back when this was first on, is uh, yeah, like I just can't even imagine because the 70s version was so, uh, you know, they're just walking along and talking to people and even the part where they give him tea and they show him pour the milk in and pour the tea and like I love that kind of stuff now now like I can't watch Transformers I can't watch He-Man I want to watch the the slow day-to-day -day life stuff but as a kid there's no way there's no way in a million years that would have been a punishment to me to watch that show but as an adult I like it a lot especially that 70s one I really feel like uh, it's like a combination of things where it's interesting to see 
about like kind of 19 fucking 37 or whatever in the uh, in the moors and like what that was like and it's interesting to watch a tv show from the late 70s and just see that aspect of stuff so there's, there's a lot of layers that are just interesting about the past and uh and yeah like as an adult like i was showing you those those Japanese Iyashike cartoons I was watching that are just about slice of life and day to day. Like to me, that's what I like now. I don't, I don't like <laughs> big time drama and stuff. So yeah, it's perfect for me now as a, a man in my forties, all creatures great and small. Like I could see watching that. I could easily see going back to it. Well, and the difference between the two, uh, seeing them back to back like that, the first one is, is very episodic. Whereas the second one is, it's a drama. Right. And it's building a drama that you can tell as time will go on. That drama will um, get deeper and introduce you to, like, even the characterization is is more developed than the original show, which is, um, it, well, it's episodes. It's saying, here's what happened. Right. Here I am. Here he was. Uh, here's the situation. Here's how we resolved it. And then they move on. But the, the second one is definitely a, a, a drama. That's where I think, yeah, it's kind of the irony of it a bit. It's like, I feel like that new one, the 2020 version, if that was just on TV and I saw it, I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. It seems pretty good. You know, it's been 30 years since the old show. Like, it's hard to to really uh, compare them directly because it's hard to remember the old one. But when you watch them back to back like that, yeah, the, uh, the old 70s uh, series is way more naturalistic. And like, that's what I find kind of ironic is the way that there's less characterization in the 70s version to me feels more real because it's way more what people are like. They're not just spilling their life story the moment you meet them. It takes some time, you know? Exactly, exactly. And so when you see each episode or the little, the, the little scene that happens, you see that person as it would have unfolded in real life time. Uh, rather than, as you say, uh, you don't just show up and say, well, here's my life story, and I've got to tell you my life story before we go and deal with this emergency. And even, like, yeah, the way the new one starts, where it's got the opening scene before he arrives, where he's with his parents, and they're talking about how tough the times are, and, you know, your dad wanted to have a fancy job, and he can't because of these tough times. I know you hope to be a vet, but this is these tough times. And then he gets the note, like, oh, maybe you can get a job. Like, technically that's backstory but what is it actually worth because you can infer all of those things you know just from just the sheer dialect um in the original show like we could hardly understand (laughs) anything that the locals were saying because the brogue was so thick but in the new one you can understand everybody that actually reminds me directly of especially because it's scottish is uh train spotting that uh with train spotting, you know, came out in the '90s, and it's obviously all based in Scotland. They they didn't change the dialogue. People said because they didn't want to overdub it, but they did change those voiceovers because there's a lot of voiceover in that movie. The you know, Ewan McGregor's character is always doing voiceover. So I found out later they actually had him re-record the voiceover for North America to tone it down a little, <laughs> and that's exactly what those felt like. Like the original All Creatures Great and Small is the original version of train spotting where the new one is like the re-recorded voiceover it's like you can tell it's scottish but you can understand it way better but i also liked in the old one like it's this weird again the sort of more natural feel of it where 
there is a sense of like like I thought from just only having seen the show a little as a kid and not really knowing what it was like I thought it was going to be a lot more focused on the love of animals basically because it's a show about a veterinarian I just assumed the whole thing was kind of going to be like you know uh, oh look at animals oh we're saving animals let's feel good about it but in reality it's like these these farmers, they do care about their animals, but at the same time, they're always talking about how expensive the animal was and how fucked they're going to be if they lose it. Like, there's a, a an almost eerie business aspect to it that's like... But that's more realistic because yeah. in, in, in a farm community like that, those animals are not things that you love necessarily you might love them but you don't love them or feel really strong emotion for them because they are your life they're at your livelihood your business and yeah money is a very big part of it yeah. and and if you have to put them down you know they just carry on they you know if that's just how it is and it was interesting too to hear in the original version like the way especially because he's the new vet in town and the farmers don't necessarily trust him yet they talk to him just like the stereotypical way people talk to mechanics of like, how do I trust that you know what you're doing? And are you just going to charge me extra for a night house call? And then are you going to not fix the problem and come back two or three more times? And I got to spend all this money. It's exactly how people talk about mechanics, but they're talking about the guy who's going to quote unquote fix their cow. <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's just interesting too. That's another interesting part where, uh, yeah, with the new one, again, like I was saying, I think if I just saw it on TV, I'd be like, yeah, sure, that seems pretty good. That's not a bad version of All Creatures Great and Small. But seeing them back to back, I prefer the old one like a million times more. I could see watching the old one, you know, more episodes. I, I don't think I would go out of my way for the new one because as I was complaining about as we were watching it, it just has all the, the trappings that I don't like about modern TV. Like... Uh, it's obviously way better than that remake of the Waltons. Like, don't don't get me misunderstood. All Creatures Great and Small, way better, because that Waltons remake was bad. But they had similar problems in the sense that it doesn't feel real. It feels like a bunch of people dressed up in period clothes, and everything's so clean, and everything's so perfect, and all the lighting is so uh, amazing. As I was saying at the end, like, like it's really it just hits you in the face when... It's nighttime, and they're in a barn, and they're holding lanterns. One and, lantern. Yeah. One gas, one kerosene lantern. And commenting on, is this going to be enough light? You know, if there ever should have been a scene where it's dark, that's the one. But you could see every corner of that barn yeah. perfectly. There and was I, a big halo of light around the cow that was laying on the, on the ground, on the f straw, as they were performing the operation at the end uh, and you could see him performing that operation you could see him perfectly the whole time but you're right that should have been in darkness and if they they should have perhaps had the lady move with the lamp you know like they had it focused on she was standing by the cow's face and caressing the cow's face um, if they needed more light what they could have done is have that darkness because we didn't need to see the cow's face all the time and know how much she felt for that cow she could have moved to the back and he could have said, I need more light. And then that light could have gone to the rear end of the cow where the action was actually happening. And it would add to, because the whole idea was he's like, you know, he's had a bad go of it so far. People don't trust him. The guy he's working for doesn't trust him. He's got to prove himself. And he's stuck in the situation with this cow that's like going to potentially have a miscarriage and he's trying to get the, the baby out, the calf. It would only add to it to make it 
this is this, like to make it feel more desperate and like not only does he barely know what he's doing and he's having a hard time he can't even see it's dark it's nighttime and it's not that show's fault it's every show and it's the thing is like i bet the old one the 70s one that would have looked natural because it would have just been the natural light of the situation like it, it might not have looked better because some genius director thought it through it would just be better because that's all the tech they had where nowadays it's like they have better technology but they it's like like directors of tv now don't seem to understand that better's not better you know just because it's technically better it doesn't serve the story and like yeah the whole time of that new one i just feel like i'm watching people putting on a little show yeah. people dressing up in some little period clothing and in the original too like they really had some pretty homely people in there but yeah. you know what <laughs> they were very realistic looking the man on the bus in the beginning that he's sitting beside he looked like he just stepped out of some farm lo- from farmyard full of shit the the uh, mr biggins when he comes to the door and he's uh he's he's the one who's talking about the pigs and he's a great big heavy set man who looks like he drinks too much because <laughs> he's got model of that mottled face and that mottled nose that people have from drinking too much in the mrs mrs hall the housekeeper looks like a, a matronly housekeeper, and she just does her business. <laughs> Where she is, gives yeah. the looks. Oh, she never talks. She never passes judgment. She never says anything. She does it all with that facial expression, the lifting of the eyebrows, the roll of the eye. She, uh, you know, just a little little quirk of the head every once in a while. That's all she does, and you know exactly the kind of person she is. Meanwhile, the new Mrs. Hall, She's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I thought as soon as the door opened. Because already I was starting to get that sense of like, you know, when they show him getting ready to get on the train to go go off, it might as well be Harry Potter at, you know, fucking station nine and three quarters. Like everything just looks so pristine. And then he's on the bus and the bus is perfect. And all the people in the bus aren't weird, crooked-nosed locals anymore. And yeah, once they open the door and you see her, like instead of... Like the other character in the old version that, yeah, it's like this matronly older woman who runs the house and you'd immediately know her character. Where in this one, I was like, yeah, I'd take her out for a spot of tea. Like, is there going to be some romance subplot with her? Oh, yes, there is later. <laughs> well, there that explains that then because I got to add in more drama. And yeah, just in general too. Yeah, like how the old one, based on episode one, it was very episodic, a little bit pointless, but but I don't mind that. That's fine with me. Where, yeah, they had to, so much drama in the new one of, like... And, and again, this might be just me. I don't know that people in general uh, care about this. But I've long had a problem with musical scores in shows. Like, when they, when they telegraph what's happening, I just wish I could erase it. I wish I could watch a version without the music. And I just think it would be so much better. Because in this, this, the music in the new one, super, super loud. It's like... Like I was saying, when we watched it, instead of the music being behind the dialogue, the dialogue was behind the music. And it's just the same stuff that I've seen a million times. Like when, oh, the triumph of, oh, he's he's managed to make the calf be born. So you have the flutes of triumph. And when there's the wacky misunderstanding because he put the cats in the wrong place and the hilarious castration humor. Oh, no, he might castrate the wrong cat. So that's when you get the oboes. Boom, 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 you know, I hadn't boom, thought boom, about boom. that before. That, that a musical score, oh, like man, a little bit of it, but, but what it reminds me of is um, when they put a laughing track. Yeah, in it comedy, is. I've felt this way for a long time about about comedy. If it's funny, I'll get it. 
I don't need to have a laughing track tell me that, oh, it's funny, you should find that funny or you should laugh. Um, that music, I just thinking about it now, is the same thing. Yeah, it's the I drama version, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't need the little little thing to tell me, oh, something a little a little cutesy or a little funny is going to happen. I, I'll get it. You know, it's one of those things too that uh, maybe I almost like almost don't want to shouldn't even bring it up because like if if it's one of those things that you don't normally think about, try to continue not thinking about it because I I literally ruin shows for myself. <laughs> Because, yeah, I never used to notice that. Back in the 90s and stuff, I used to watch Buffy, and I never noticed how corny the music was. Now when I watch it, it's that same thing. It's like, wow, this music is always telling you how to feel. And it makes so many shows hard to watch that if you cannot think about it, don't. Because you won't do yourself any favors. Well, uh, you know what? But you know what will happen. I will think about it now all the time. But But the original show from the 70s, early 80s, did not have any of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really unnecessary. Like, I do wish I could get a version of the new All Creatures Great and Small with that. I mean, maybe. Sometimes you can do that. Maybe it's also because I do video editing and stuff now, so I'm way more, you know, I'm aware of all this crap. But if you can get a version of of a thing from a DVD or a Blu-ray with all the, the it's called the 5.1 version, where if you have like a surround sound system in your home, you can actually remove the tracks and you can make your own version of a thing without the annoying music. And I always like it better. Now you can see between the two though, number one, again, episode, 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 episode. The new version, can you see how it is setting us up for a whole continuing drama? We've got the introduction to Helen, Helen's family. We know that, uh, and and there's going to be a relationship there. Well, anybody who saw the first show knows that they get married eventually. But in the first show, when we were introduced to Helen, we're not introduced to Helen. Helen's sitting on the bus. Right, he only meets her for a second. And she gets off the bus. Well, he's looking for the vet for the the vet's house, and he asks where it is, and she points it out, and that's it. She doesn't introduce herself or say who she is or anything. But in the second version, my goodness, we've been introduced to Helen, her sister, the farm. Uh, we know that there's been some kind of trouble in the farm and how it's difficult because we learn later it's because their mother has died. But, but even that, yeah, like after he goes to her place and helps with the, the calf with the broken leg or whatever, and, uh, and then, yeah, he's got the little dialogue with her, like, well, I'll be back to see you soon. I, I mean, I'll be back to, to, to look after the thing, like, not, not to go on a date or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just so in your face. So it's a big setup, though, for, yeah. for obviously what's, what's going to happen in the future. Whereas the first show, we got no indication of that at all. Yeah, which again, it is just, I mean, just yeah, how tastes, my, my tastes have changed or whatever. How Again, I was saying as a kid, I didn't like the, the slowness of the old one. But nowadays, I much prefer it. Because yeah, I just don't like that, the set him up and knock him down drama. Like, I guess that's what people like about TV. And that's what gets them involved. But I, I just get, uh, it just drains me, kind of tires me out. And the new show, everybody's gorgeous in it. Yeah. Um, He's a really handsome young man. But, I mean, I didn't think the original guy was so bad no, looking. No, he's no, fine. but he's very plain looking. <laughs> yeah. He's very plain looking. His ears are kind of a little sticky out. He doesn't have the nice coiffed hair. I guess maybe it's all relative, because compared to the locals, he's a beauty oh, pageant yeah. winner. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. True enough. But, but he's very normal looking. He looks like the kind of person that you might meet anywhere. And everybody in that show 
is like someone you would meet anywhere. Whereas in the new show, that that new young fella is a very good-looking guy. Siegfried Farnan is really handsome. Yes, yeah, that's where it's suspicious too. I was saying like even even he like the way in the new one people feel like they're just dressing up, but he has that it's this hairstyle that was really popular about four or five years ago, where people shave the sides of their heads but keep the guys do, you know, but keep the top kind of a little longer, the tight high and tight or whatever. So this guy didn't quite have that, but almost like very similar to very professionally quaffed it's just weird too that it's like so close to a a 2017 trendy haircut but it's supposed to be 1937 <laughs> like i just don't yeah. think so and even at the end when the when when james harriet has been uh, performing this uh, turning of the calf and and pulling the calf from the mother's body when he is there laying in the hay and doing that his now unless he's got one hell of a lot of brill cream on his hair is so quaffed and when <laughs> he gets up it's still perfect whereas in the earlier show that fellow his hair was all kind of wild and disheveled and everything else after he was doing this sort of thing which is what it would be like and obviously i mean it was a different procedure but they each had a let's show a graphic close-up of you know, putting your whole arm inside an animal scene. But in the new one, he barely, there was barely any residual stuff on him. Where in the original one, it's literal just manure coming out. He's covered in it. He comes and here's his arm just covered in shit. So yeah, much more, they they seem to gear in the first, in the first show uh, for much more realism as opposed to the later show, which was more uh, more polished. Right. And not that there's anything, you know, if that's if that's that uh, nice, clean drama is what you're looking for, they do a wonderful job of it. But the earlier show is much more, um, yeah, realistic and in-your-face kind of stuff as to what would what it really would have been like. Yeah, I think if I were to. Uh to delve back into uh, All Creatures Great and Small, like, yeah, that would be kind of my take, is if I were to ever get around to watching the new one, it would be only because I already watched all 90 episodes of the old one. <laughs> Especially because, again, like if it's just on TV, that's fine. But because I've got the internet and I have access to all of it, I would definitely say the old one is the yeah. one. Now, I did watch the new one, um, and I enjoyed it. And I hadn't seen the other one for years and years and years. But looking back at the two, if I was to choose, I would choose the first one, the older version. Because I like the realism of it. I like the way it it unfolds with just episodes and making it seem like I'm appearing to be on the scene. And, and I'm seeing this thing unfold. And I wouldn't know a whole lot of details about people and their characters. And I, I wouldn't. I would just be meeting them for the first time and seeing the situation happen. And that's how that show presents itself. And that's another thing that uh, I can't really say, because I haven't read any of the books, so I have no idea. But yeah, it's definitely that the, uh, you know, the, the pre-established vet that was already there, he was so much nicer in the old one. <laughs> it was like, you know, the two of the vets against the world, against all the weird but locals. I have read some such of a dick uh, in the all creatures one. great and small. And I, I haven't read them for years. And of course, the new version was not out at that time, the new TV version. But I, I vaguely remember thinking at the time that the books 
were very similar to the television show, the original television show. So then I wonder if in the new one, maybe that's yet another attempt to just like, let's just cram some drama in there. Like if we make the head vet more antagonistic, like, yeah, that's just, it's just a difference, I guess, in what people like, where it's like that Professor Snape type thing or whatever, or like the, the movie Whiplash. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it's about this like jerk teacher who teaches jazz drumming. People seem to like that. They like, I want a mean person in a show to be mean. So then when they come around, oh, it'll feel so good. And everybody will love them. Yeah, whereas I, I just don't like that feeling at all. If somebody's a dick in a show, I just would rather watch a show where the, it's not full of people that are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Although, so speaking of, this is making me think of, because uh, again, it's just, this is just the North American style, is like drama. Everyone wants drama, drama, drama. And that's why I found those Japanese Iyashike cartoons so unusual, you know, like uh, Bunny Drop or... Uh, or Yoru Camp, you know, they're kind of not about anything. They're just, let's just have a nice time. <laughs> so supposedly, I haven't watched it yet, but there is a Japanese cartoon in that style about a, I don't think he's a veterinary student. I think it's just a farm guy, but a guy who goes to a farm and learns about farming. So maybe next week, do you want to try that just to see what the Japanese take is on a guy learning about the ins sure. and outs of a farm. Sure. Because, uh, yeah, it's not quite the same because, uh, you know, th but, but it sort of is because these vets, for all intents and purposes, are essentially farmers because <laughs> that's all they deal with is farms all the time. And, uh, yeah, I just think that might be interesting because obviously in the 70s, it was much more okay for a TV show to be a little more aimless and a little calmer where that's just, just not okay anymore. Like nowadays, every show has to be Drama, drama, drama. Even all creatures great and small. Man, how can we fucking put some drama in here? <laughs> and, uh, so let's take a look then next week at the Japanese side of it. How do they handle a show about this sort of subject? Sure. I'm game. Cool. I don't remember the name of the show, <laughs> but I guess, I guess I'll find out. That'll be step one in my research next week. What is it even called?